people are constantly craving more and more planet-friendly ways to consciously consume, Unpacked Living, an online low-waste and plastic-free shop, is a great place for anyone to start. Unpacked Living was founded by Sabrina Auclair, a Colombian native who's been living in the U.S. and more specifically in Beverly, Mass. for the past three years. In this episode, Sabrina shares with us how her own low-waste and plastic-free journey transformed into Unpacked Living's current online store and her hopes to one day complement it with a brick and mortar. I'm Jared Carpenter, and this is Wi-Fi and Water. Sabrina, good evening. Welcome to Wi-Fi and Water. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being patient. You know, I've had some technical difficulties as it is, and so here we are. You helped me patiently weather them, giving me good emotional support, so that was good. Well, you're welcome. So you're currently in Beverly? I am, yeah. Unpacked Living, which is the name of your company. Yes. And Zero Waste of Living, which ties in minimalism, which ties in a bunch of, you know, it's intersectional to a bunch of different things, eco-friendly, forward thinking, and all of that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how Unpacked Living came to be? When did this idea, when was that moment where you were like, I got to do this, there's nothing else, you know? This I, I, I got to I gotta do it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the beauty of it is intersectional everything. Uh, so I am from Colombia, sort of like you. And when I met my husband and I came to live in the United States just three years ago, so I'm brand new, I was shocked because, you know, the cultural change was shocking to me to see how disposable, this is a disposable society. And I cannot say that in Colombia we're perfect and we don't have this, but it's in a way less manner that we you know deal with things there are many things that we don't do there that happen here like the obsessive compulsive thing with water bottles in the u.s is out of control it's there's actually nothing more out of control and i was at bj's today i went with my friend to go actually buy stuff in bulk just Mm. because it was cheaper and he was like hey i'm gonna go do you want to go and there's an entire aisle of literally a mountain probably about 30 feet tall as high as the you know, as high as the ceiling there. And it's just all water bottles. It's insane. And it's like the water here you can drink from the tap. The tap. That's my point. So like I I come from a country. Actually, when I was lucky, I, did I just say bueno? Okay. I was lucky enough to live in Bogota for 10 years before coming here and working there. But my hometown, Cucuta, has no drinking water like tap water sucks and the first thing that they tell you is do not drink the 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 water from the tap so usually what we do in households like mine is we buy these filters for that water we buy uv filters and and we're okay it attaches to the to the sink and then you're fine so everybody does that there's no like an obsession with like going out and buy tons of plastic water bottles like that's not a thing also because you know, Colombia is not exactly a capitalistic, rich country. So we are not wasteful in that way. We just, we are thought like taught generation by generation on how to just, you know, be happy with what you have and not be wasteful like that. Or maybe that's just me. That's, that was just the way that my grandmother and my mom raised me to not be wasteful. Like the opposite, be resourceful. 
and you get like things from like generation to generation. I own things that used to be my grandma's and my mom's too. So like, it's not, it's not like you have to buy everything new. I have a love for antique stores and for vintage things and for, you know, repurposing, reusing and just give new life to things. So that I think that that was embedded in my mind, like that, that, sort of uh, way of thinking. And when I came to the US and I married my husband, he's American. He's the kind of American that's very wasteful. Like he used to buy, before obviously he lived with me, he he was single guy. He you buy, say that with a smirk. You say that with yeah. a little smile. <laughs> well, because I, I think like we made each other better, but like I improved him <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he used to buy like paper plates and plastic cutlery and you know pepsi in plastic bottles and like okay and I, I was okay with that but i was also like we have a china we have you know just silverware why don't we just use things and and wash them like normal people do well what's normal for me is not normal for you so yeah he he kind of like got into into these it, and it wasn't like an, in, an, in a nagging way or, or like, oh, we have to be eco-friendly. Let's save the environment. No, that was not me at all. Like I was a fast fashion consumer, normal girl living my life. I didn't even know that plastic free or zero waste was a thing. But then when I got here, the thing that shocked me the, mo the most was that I have no access to recycling. I still don't. You so, still don't have access to recycling. I don't. I live in a complex, in an, an, an apartment complex. Well, this is actually a townhouse complex with 240 households, no recycling whatsoever. So when I started, you know, when I came to live here, I started like dividing my recycling because in Colombia, we, we also do that. And my husband said like, oh, there's no recycling. It's just trash pickup. And I was like, destroyed. Like that broke my heart because it's the least you can do you know, for the planet. So then I started like accumulating things. I was like, well, if maybe if we cannot recycle here, maybe we can just like, you know, take things to my office or your workplace. And in doing that, like, you know, separating still like the plastic from the trash and trying to take the plastic to some other place, like maybe my, and I know that's illegal, but like, that's the least I can do. Taking some things to, to my office, or, you know, taking advantage of like other people's access to recycling, I accumulated a lot. And I could see with my eyes how much trash you buy, like everything, you know, from toothpaste tubes to uh, plastic shampoo bottles to like literally everything. And I was like, this is insane. So when you ask me, when was my aha moment when I decided to do something about it? It was actually in Market Basket in Danvers. I was trying to buy another bottle of shampoo and I said, why? Like, why am I pushed? Why am I obligated to buy trash from companies? Because I'm buying, I'm, I want to buy a product. I am okay with the shampoo, but I don't want the plastic bottle. Yeah. And I said like, no more. So it was a market basket. That's, well, I have had short hair for a while, so I no longer use shampoo. So I kind of avoid that. But it's been good to also see that more recently, there's been a lot more shampoo products. I saw on your website, I was looking earlier and I, well, we can on talk later, but I'm really excited about the kind of little tablets that are now for toothpaste. Because mm -hmm. for a long time, I think that that was something I had a bamboo 
toothpaste, uh, toothbrush, excuse toothbrush. me. I had the silk floss, but I was still using traditional toothpaste. And that packaging is so bad. And that plastic is so hard. And you just know it's going to be, it's going to outlive me by three or four times and end oh, up yeah. in the ocean. Yeah. And so it's good to see that there's also alternatives. And returning to what you were saying about Colombia, it's very, very true. I lived in the Playita of, uh, of, of Barranquilla. And in that little part, it was, you know, Estrato Uno. So yeah, we exactly. just had a filter and we would just drink the water from the tap. But then if you hang out with Estrato, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, sea, como it becomes se, like cinco, more. Seis. Yeah. And, and for people who are, if you're not understanding Spanish or you know about Colombia, so the way the, the major cities are kind of broken up to, especially on the coast is you have Stratus one up to Stratus six. And these mm -hmm. are completely broken down by the economics of the amount of money that people have who live in the area. So when I lived in the Stratus one, I was there with the Peace Corps and, you know, the family was living paycheck to paycheck. Very similar, honestly, to many families in the United States, yeah. just getting by covering the bills. But yeah, we didn't buy the idea of buying water from a, water that was contained in plastic when it was coming out of our filter and it was fine. It was a foreign idea. And yet when I would hang out with other people in Barranquilla, they would always buying bottled water was like a sign of wealth. Yes. You know, yes. like you'd go to the club and you would get a shot and a bottle of water. Yes. Exactly. Like just to flex that's the, on people. That's just the to show. only the only time you get bottled water if, if if you're out in a in a club partying. <laughs> it it was that, insane. No. It was insane. And the idea of even asking for tap water. If I was, you know, if you go to a bar here and you say, give me a beer and uh, a, a glass of water. They're not going to look at you weird. They're going to do it, but in Colombia especially. So it is interesting around the usage of water and that type of stuff. And that's how people would always, well, that's how I would know if I saw another gringo when I was in Colombia, because they would have a reusable water bottle. Yeah. I'd be like, the re between the reusable water bottle and their type of shoes, I'd be like, all right, I know uh, yeah, of if course. you're from Europe or you're from the United States and it's so on and so forth. And so... Okay, so you, in the townhomes, they don't offer recycling. So what types of things are you buying to really live a zero waste or try to live a zero waste lifestyle? Because I don't think yeah. that there's a pure zero waste lifestyle. I think it's actually impossible. It is. It is. I think the only way to be zero waste is to be dead. The, um, <laughs> the only way. But we don't want to be that. Exactly. <laughs> My introduction to zero waste came when I started a company years ago, which now doesn't exist. And it was called Imperador Clothing. And we used raw materials that came from a company called, we partnered with a company called Tonelay. And they got all of their clothes because they were against fast fashion. Yeah. They got all of their clothes from just piles in the textile market of scraps. So they'd go get all the scraps, put it together, make clothing and sell it. Ship it from Cambodia to San Francisco and then they'd sell it. And when I started this t-shirt company, I knew I wanted to do something that was zero waste. I had seen, you know, the most famous documentary there, The Real Cost. Is, is that what it's called? The Real Cost? Something like that. Yeah. The True Cost or something the like that. The True Cost. Yeah. The True Cost. And I just kind of like, okay, if I'm going to make a t-shirt, I don't want it to just be another t-shirt. So anyways, full circle, I go to New York and I was in New York actually the summer of 2019 summer 2019 and i was able to go visit the package free shop that mm -hmm. is in uh brooklyn. it's in brooklyn and i'm trying to think of the name it's in um williamsburg brooklyn yeah and i walk into the shop and guess who's there sitting right there the woman who started it lauren lauren singer 
And I had like a moment where I would have the same moment if I like met James or Falcao. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I had a moment and I'm looking at this woman and it's like not appropriate for me to just be like, oh my gosh. But she is like such an icon in the zero waste, yeah. you know, trash free movement. So that was really cool to see her shop. I bought a bunch of products there. Some of the silk floss I still have, but I'm running out and I'd like to get more because it's so great. And so when I ran across your comment in the Beverly Facebook page saying, hey, I'm looking for you know, a storefront so I can start to sell my goods. I run a zero free, zero waste package free shop. I was like, this is, I would love to have her on the podcast and talk more. Nah, that's so so nice. when we, before we started recording, you were telling me about how the fact that now you live among boxes. <sighs> and so what's this looking like? Cause you know, your, 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 your business, and this is such a beautiful thing. It's exploding. And so what are the next steps? What is the future looking like? Because currently you're just online. Is that right? Yeah. So the thing is also backtracking a little bit. I, when I decided that I was not going to buy any more plastic, I didn't even know what, what was I going to do? I had no idea that there was bar shampoo, nothing like you said, nothing. I, I had like zero clue, but I was so uh, like sure. And like, I, I made the decision. I'm never gonna buy more plastic. I'm not going to buy more. I'm not going to give my money to these companies that are contaminating earth. And back in, the, in that time, that was January, 2019. So that's not like long ago, January, 2019, there was like every week. I don't know if that was something like that was psychological or just a coincidence, but every single week I saw in the news, some whale that just died in some beach with 40 pounds of plastic in, in their stomach or like animals dying everywhere with plastic in their stomach, not only like ocean, but like, you know, just wildlife in general. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, why is this happening? I had no idea that it was so bad or, or what I was doing, right? That's when I went like down the rabbit hole and found out everything about zero waste. Mine was not Lauren Singer. I actually admire more B. Johnson, which is the zero waste mom, the zero waste home lady that has uh, a household with four people, two dogs, and she produces no trash, which I still think it's wrong. But Wait, why? Why? Why, why? why? Because the whole concept of fitting your trash in a jar is absolutely impossible. I don't believe that's possible. I don't believe, I believe that that's a marketing. I went to marketing school. I believe, I honestly believe that that's a marketing tool, which it's okay because, you know, it's their business. If they do it, oh my God, I admire you so much because, you know, there's, there's no reason to bash any of that. One thing is that I don't believe it, but I don't go saying like, oh my God, no, that's not, no. No, I mean, if they do it, like my complete admiration, but I would not lie to people that way. You know, I would, I'm more into, into teaching people or like helping them doing as much as they can without making them feel bad, you know, because it's really hard. I think that that's really a tough thing to do. Yes. Because especially in the United States and you've hit this, you know, being here for three years, you've, you've hit this. And in the United States, you can't tell people what to do. Exactly. We're experiencing that right now with COVID where like, if you tell someone to wear a mask, they're almost like children because right. If you tell, if you, if my dad tells me something to do, I'm less likely to do it. You know, if I'm a five-year-old, six-year-old ch child, 
So it's like, no, you're telling me to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah. And so we have this entire conversation around liberty and all of that. And so when you tell people or you show them the facts that show them that by consuming these products, they are polluting the earth. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very difficult for them to deal with. And so I think it's a really tough, these are tough conversations to have with people. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, how, how much do you challenge someone to maybe get outside their comfort zone and think differently about what they consume? Because if it's all just, you know, do everything up until people feel uncomfortable. I think that's how we got to where we are now by Mm -hmm. not engaging in these conversations. Plastics have been around for, you know, 45 years. Yeah. Which in the, the, you know, in the mass of human history is a blip. It's a second. It's nothing. And yet we have, we're on track to, you know, have more plastic in the ocean than fish within our lifetimes, Yes, which is very, very shocking. And we both that's grew not, up near the and water. And that's not going to change. And, you know, it was hard for me to also understand that. Like, it's really hard to try to do something for the planet and still, like, keep hope knowing that maybe like you know that that you're you're not doing much like it is i stopped like i had to change my my mentality around this because when i started doing this i think i was really smart because i didn't decide right away that i was going to open a store what happened was that because of my marketing background i am an avid market researcher So when I started looking for solutions and things, of course, of course, the first thing you find is package free shop in in New York. Like that's the holy grail of of zero waste stores. And and then, but that was not my aim. Like I I was like, okay, yeah, that's really cool. And I thought that there there were no products out there. There were not like people changing the packaging and stuff because I also, I'm also an interior designer. So I took several semesters in Colombia of like packaging and materials so I also know like more than I should or more than you know most normal people know about plastics and how they're made and and what they really are than and so anyway when I started discovering that there's all these businesses outside trying to do better and there's small businesses and obviously have no chance against big corporations I said like, okay, my closest zero waste store is New York, it's Brooklyn. So there's nothing around me, but there's all all these beautiful products being made here in soaps and bar shampoos. And I started meeting people. I, de- I decided to, okay, I'm, I'm gonna make a blog about it. So I'm gonna create my Instagram account and I'm gonna just share what I'm doing because I don't know what I'm doing. So maybe if I can do it, everybody can do it. And that was my aim. Like, okay, I'm gonna share my plastic free journey and I'm gonna just like share with everybody what I find, where I go. Like, oh, I saw this cool product in, I don't know, TJ Maxx or I don't know, Trader Joe's, and I will take a picture and share it. But that was all pre-COVID, right? When we could actually go to like bulk bins and use our reusable bags and our produce bags and stuff like that. By the way, I've been using reusable bags like my entire life. So that that was not no new for me, nothing new for me. I also been using bar soap for literally my 34 years of existence. So that's nothing new for me. So there was something that I was already doing 
that made me feel a little bit better. But then I said, like, I, I just need to do something. I need to create a store. I need to start a store. And that's when I did. I decided that. But before that, I created a group because I needed to know if there was people in Massachusetts interested in zero waste and interested in doing this because I need to know if I have customers, right? That's what a market researcher do. So there is a group, a gorgeous group in Facebook called Zero Waste Massachusetts that I created last year, and it has almost 4,000 members now. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's exciting. All over Massachusetts, and they keep coming every day. You should join. I 100% will, as soon as we're done recording, I'm definitely going to join. Yeah. Because I try, and the reason why I said earlier that I think it's impossible is because even if you go to the supermarket and you bring your glass jar and you get your grain from the grain trough. I get my beans from the bean trough and I put them in my, you know, I get my, I don't know, 30 ounces of beans and I put them in my glass jar and then I leave and I'm all zero waste. I probably got to the supermarket in a car and those beans got to the supermarket using fossil fuels. And so our entire world is based off of fossil fuels whether it's plastic, which is made from fossil fuels or the burning of fossil fuels to then transport goods and, and services. And so that's kind of always why I push back a little bit. And I do agree with what you said about that whole, I have all my trash in a jar. I think it's more of a marketing ploy. If anything, to ask ourselves, you see that and it's very like jolting, like, whoa, is that possible? And even just asking, is that possible? I think starts to set people down a different path where when they're in the supermarket, they think about what they're buying. Yeah. Because I notice myself when I go to the supermarket and say, you know, in the stop and shop in Beverly, there's 25 lanes. I literally go down two of them because yeah, most of the other stuff I just get in produce and I have produce bags. And so I try not to use any plastic, basically any packaging because obviously that's more in line with the zero waste. And so now you're in the United States, you, you're married. What are the, what have been the most difficult things? You said, you know, your husband is, was wasteful and you've improved him or, you know, he's gotten better at this. And I think it just takes a little bit of, just takes practice like anything. What are yeah. the things that you, you guys still struggle with, if anything? Actually, he has been a wonderful companion through all this craziness that I created because he started like nothing you know it started just like I told him like I think there must be a better way I don't want to keep buying trash he understood he was like sure I mean I, that makes sense and then I started researching for things and then I told him like I want to open a store and he's like well you don't have any money <laughs> he's like also because I'm from Colombia I had no clue how to open a business because one thing is to, you know, open a business in my country where I know where everything is and how to do everything. And then here, but luckily he went to business school in Salem, Salem State. Oh, okay. He's the one that has been like really ground, like, you know, getting me off that cloud where I live all the time, where I can do anything. That's good because I'm the dreamer, but he's the, you know, the person that keeps me ground. He was the one that, you know, told me how to do things, helped me. He has supported me every single step of the way. I started my business with $2,000, literally. I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track of what, what you asked me. Oh, what's the, mo the most difficult part? So far, when it comes to reducing waste, is not. it hasn't been that, that difficult, actually, because 
I know exactly what what I like and and what I need. I I never I have never been one of those people that just goes out and buys everything like new. I'm just gonna toss away all the plastic I have and gonna buy everything eco-friendly and see what works. I'm not that way. I know exactly what I need. I know exact exactly what I use. So I've been swapping. I've been re like using everything I already had in plastic. And when I run out of it, then I try to find the, the sustainable version of it. In doing that, I decided one day that I was going to take out every single plastic product that was in my house, in every cover, in every cabinet, everywhere, put it in my dining table and took a picture. That picture is in my website. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see it, but is it is it on your Instagram? It, it is in my Instagram. Yes. Okay, cool. It is in my Instagram. And I already did the one year uh, update on it. I didn't hide anything and it was everything in that table. It You could barely see the table. It was covered in bottles, detergent, shampoos, plastic bags, band-aids, everything you can think of. And then a year later, you could actually see the table. It's not perfect yet. I'm still going through plastic. So that's that's what I tell people all the time. You have to be patient because this doesn't happen, you know, overnight. And... The most difficult part, I think it has been. I did see the photo. I want to just say when you're when you're thinking about the most difficult part, I did see the photo and you're right. You can see more table in 2020 than you could in 2019. Yeah, but like you can see it's not like it's not like I oh, my God, I got rid of everything. No, no. I think that's super good, though, to see transparency, because sometimes in Instagram we'll see like a guy who's 500 pounds and oh, then yeah. the other picture he'll be like he'll have a six pack. And one picture will say 2016 and the other picture will say 2020. But the way our mind reads it is like, oh, that was instantaneous because they're it's in the same immediate. photo. Yeah. Right. And that's just the way we digest change. And I think sometimes that scares people that the change is so drastic between maybe the guy who's 500 pounds and then the guy who's 180 and has a six pack. Well, that's the, that's the, sorry to interrupt you. That's the mindset of the, the, the jar, the Maison jar. People is like, oh, no, I have too much trash in my house. And now, now I have to reduce it in a month to a mason jar. That's not the way it goes. <laughs> not yeah, at all. It's really a progress over perfection journey, which is why yeah. I think it's impossible. I think perfection is constantly trying to progress Yeah. in that sense, that there is no end. There is no, it's the process. Zero waste and plastic free are marketing terms. They are keywords. And that's what I, whenever I talks and I can go to like, uh, I, I've done some um, sustainable talks with like city officials, they invite me and, and I say what I'm doing. The first thing I explain to them is the terms, like the definitions of zero waste and plastic free. And what's funny is that zero waste actually has a definition, like you can find it online and it says that zero waste is a movement of people trying to lower the ways by re reducing, reusing, and not throwing anything in the trash. Perfect. Okay, got it. What's the definition of plastic-free? It doesn't exist. Isn't it just self-evident in, in the title? No. And, it, and people think that if you're zero waste, you're plastic-free and vegan or vice versa, and that's not true. They, yes, they, they like interconnect. They, they're linked somehow. But it's not that it doesn't mean that because you're one, you're the other two. It's it, it takes a just, while. 
It takes a while. And it is interesting how they do play with one another because in and around the time where I really started to go more zero waste and I've always thrifted. I have been thrifting since high school. I've mm-hmm. been thrifting for a long time. My buddy Jeff and I, we used to go to the Salvation Army in high school in the spring when we weren't playing soccer in the fall. And we would just go find clothes and that's where we shopped. I rarely bought things. This has been a lifelong journey and I have to thank my parents for that because mm-hmm. they led the way. They've been thrifting from when, you know, since I was a little kid. And at the time that I basically started to really go 100%, like since I've gone zero waste or, you know, anti-fast fashion, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, I've only bought, I think, two or three things now new that I, w- I just couldn't find at a thrift store or I wasn't going to be, you know, I, I think it's better to also buy something new than break myself economically and buy the same thing at a thrift store every six months. If I can get something new that's yes, going to last yes. longer. Mm-hmm. There's that interesting conversation about like, yeah, your personal finances, like don't go broke trying to be whatever. In and around that time, I also stopped eating meat and I've been pescatarian now for a long time. And I rarely have fish. I have fish once every six months or something from the sea, once every six weeks, excuse me, rarely, especially now during the pandemic, I think I've had, you know, eaten meat a couple times. And so it is interesting to see how those two dovetail together. Yes. And a lot of that has to do with the packaging. When you go and you buy chicken, two breasts of chicken, they're normally in the styrofoam base. They even have a little water thing on the inside. Yeah. With a cling wrap. And then they have the cling wrap around it. And so, yeah, you had your chicken. It was great. You enjoyed your chicken breast. You just like that styrofoam is going to be around for so long. Mm -hmm. And so it is interesting to see how those things kind of dovetail and how people do conflate zero waste, plastic free and veganism. Yeah. You go out and you give talks in community who invites you to talk? Where have you given talks so, about this? It, it's been really cute. I, mean, I say cute because I still cannot believe how lucky I have been. When I started all this, even before I actually opened the store, I was invited. I have no idea why. I didn't know that the Zero Waste Massachusetts group, Massachusetts group was going to be so big. And there was uh, somebody contacted me from WCVV and they did a chronicle on how to be eco-friendly and they interviewed me. I saw this and I watched this and this is back when I had the t-shirt company and I saw where you were. I was like, I think that's in Beverly. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's in Beverly. I was blown away because I remember the biggest thing you were talking about is how you didn't have recycling. Yes. And you're like, how could this possibly be? I'm an anti-recyclist. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember seeing that and being like, I have to, and I, I wasn't able to, or maybe, you know what? Here's the other thing. I may actually be part of that Facebook group. I have to go check. I may have maybe. already, I may have joined honestly when I saw that, because I believe that you were talking about that Facebook mm-hmm. group. I believe I, I did not That was the funniest part because I was like, uh, when I, when they decided to come and film that it was before I, I had the store. It was like a month before, but then when it aired, I already had the store, but they didn't mention the store. They mentioned the group. They were like, oh, by the way, but, the group, but, but you had the group. Yes. And I when, think I joined the group. I'd have to check, but I think yeah, I joined the group. You, you, I was like, like I said, it was like 4,000 people. And that night that that Chronicle aired, my phone was going to explode <laughs> with people joining the group. So that has opened like that exposure opened me and and my store and the group to like everybody and to many other things and i also was featured in the the boston globe 
so it, it's like a few things that have happened in a few other uh, magazines, like have named me. And then I started doing pop-ups with my store because I don't have a store yet, but I do want to like reach out to the community. I want to expose people to these products as much as I can. So after a while, I opened the store on July 1st, 2019. Just in time for Plastic Free July, I thought it was the greatest thing I could do. And I just went for it and I'm, I did everything myself. I created my own website. I ordered the products. I ship myself, I pack everything, I do all my marketing, I post everything. And then, you know, the community started growing. And there's nothing that I love more than to be in a community, to belong somewhere, right? So I, I started meeting people and thanks to the Zero Waste Massachusetts group, a lot of people that own like recycling companies, all the composting people that you know, are they are in that group. All the owners of like black, Blacker Compost, City Compost, they're all in the group. The um, the MassDEP uh, coordinate, everybody's in that group, which is a great, it became a great hub for people to ask anything and, and get the right answers directly from the people that runs these companies. So if you go in there and ask like, oh, hi, can I like recycle a pizza box? It's not going to be confusing. You're going to get 25 people saying like, yes, you can, but not the greasy parts. And like greasy parts, you can just come. And it's, it's like a meal now. And it became this gorgeous, beautiful community of people just helping each other. We keep it as clean as possible. We do not attack each other. We share all these initiatives by like TerraCycle and try to push people in the most non-judgy way to do better. It's not like, oh, look, I just found like, I don't know, eggs in the carton and I didn't buy them in plastic. I complete, there's a rule in the group that say that you cannot judge people on their choices, their nutritional choices. Because, you know, there's always, and I don't want to generalize anything, but there's always the vegan person or the vegetarian person that is like, but you should not be eating eggs. Why bring people down when they're trying to do better? This person probably a week ago or a month before was buying eggs in plastic and in the most unsustainable way. Now at least is buying them in like the carton that can be composted. And they're probably, I don't know, free range, which for a vegan person makes no difference because it's still, you know, animal products, but it's better. We we have to encourage encourage people to do better, you know? Packaging is not going to go away anytime soon. So the least we can do is to try to find it as sustainable as possible. That's what the group did for me. And that's all the exposure I got. And because there's so many people that belongs to like the city community, that the, like the, the sustainable, green sustainable Tingsboro and like the, you know, green whatever Peabody and all these people that manages these groups in the cities. So they invite me used to because with coronavirus now we don't do that anymore but they used to invite me a lot for like these talks these zero waste talks and like how to do this and how to start and my message is really clear whenever I, I do these talks and it's like don't freak out like this is not an all-in or nothing it's it's a process and anything as little as it's it might seem any little change that you do helps 
it's accumulative. And this is contagious. When somebody sees you drinking from a, a, a stainless steel straw and reusing your water bottle at work or bring your, your lunch in your own container to work with your silverware instead of using the plastic one, all these things, you know, it's contagious. People is like, oh, I never thought about bringing my own, like, you know, fork and knife to, to work and then just wash it. Like, oh, that, that's better. That already happened in my office because, I, yeah, I do have a full-time job. Didn't mention that before. I have the same thing. I have my nine to five and then I have my five to nine. And in my five to nine, I have this podcast. I'm on another sports podcast actually about soccer. Nice. And I have a couple other projects. And so, but I think that's really the way of the world though. You know, people have their nine to fives and then they have their five to nines, which maybe point more towards how they're trying to influence the world for the better and really do what you're doing. And so with your online shop, it's fascinating your online shop to me because in the literally the last podcast, which was speaking with Angela from Kind Lab, it was all about her transition from going from her store. I love Angela, by the way. She's the best. It's about going from her store to online. Online. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to take your online store and create a more front-facing storefront, which I think is really cool. You know what's funny? I was interested in Angela's basic Calvert Street. Yeah. Yeah, I was. It's a big I, space. It's huge, and it something happened last week, and and it's hilarious because thanks to this community and thanks to knowing so many people, businesses like hers, Kind Lab, opened the doors for me to do pop ups in their businesses. I did two pop ups at Kind Lab, and I met Angela, and she's wonderful. And because I'm also a thrift store person and a consignment store person, I know the people from Worthy Girl. Yep, down, down the Cabot. street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pamela. And Pam loves what I do. I obviously love what they do. And I love their store. And turns out Worthy Girl is moving to Kind Lab. Really? Yeah. This is like insider trading information. I didn't know Yeah. This. And guess who was going to take Worthy Girl? Was that you? Me. Yeah. I, I fought for weeks to get that space. I didn't get it because I'm not big enough. Yeah. Because I, I feel like you're looking for a space. It's a, maybe a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit more intimate. Yeah. I need um, to start with like really something super small. This was like a huge step that it, it just happened. And Pamela, she's like, Oh my God, it'll be awesome if you take it. But like, there's somebody else interested, like talk to the landlord. And I did, and it just didn't work. I, I wasn't chosen, <laughs> but I knew it was a long shot. I knew it, it was too big for me. It's okay. And, and so talking about your online store, I believe, and this shows it time and time again in my life, the 80-20 principle, which is like, you know, 80% of your revenue comes from really 20% of your products. And so what are the products that people are most interested in buying on your store? I just ha- put them actually in the homepage. Uh, people love my best seller of all times is the zero waste dishwashing block from No Talks Life, which is... If you lived in Colombia, you know that we wash our dishes with like Acción, with the the tub and the soap. It's not liquid soap. It's like a bar, but it happens to come in like a plastic tub. But it's the same principle. It's solid soap, like bar soap and bar shampoo. This is a bar uh, made by a wonderful mom and daughter in, I think they're in California, I think. I should know these things by now. Anyway, they have this <laughs> wonderful brand called No Talks, no Talks Live that all zero waste stores carry, including me. 
and they have this uh, dish soap that is a bar and it lasts way longer than three bottles of any dish soap and they it's wonderful it's a great product it takes away any grease any gunk any anything from pots pans glasses and the most wonderful thing is you can also use it for taking stains of your clothes and taking labels of glass jars i will get that i'm probably got about a month left in my current dish soap situation but i've been wanting to transition out of that because it's one of the more well, it's one of the bigger plastic items I have because I don't really have much plastic in the house anymore, which is nice. And that is something that's definitely needed. And so that's for the kitchen. What about personal items? Floss, toothpaste, toothbrushes, yeah. shampoo. Well, what other items are sought out? The best sellers are, aside from the dishwashing block, is the silicone bags that replace the Ziploc bags. Those sell like crazy. I have, I actually, it's because I, they're featured also with me in the plastic free section in the Chronicle. I show them. So people are, people are like really interested in those. So that's another thing. Obviously, the floss sells like crazy. And I have all the kinds I have vegan floss, I have silk floss. I want my store to have everything anybody can think of that is plastic free or sustainable. And I have like a set of, you know, ethics or like goals that I want from a product that I want to sell because it's not just selling for selling. I want mostly women-owned businesses, local businesses. I want to obviously support Latino-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, you know, keep it as local as possible because less carbon footprint, of course. But I also have the staples, of course, like this dishwashing block is made in California, but this is something that everybody that goes into zero waste wants to try. Some things that I sell a lot to, obviously the bamboo toothbrushes. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that everything sells. You know what I sell a lot? The coconut brushes for like cleaning dishes. And the loofahs, like anything that has to do with cleaning your dishes, bestseller. <laughs> yeah, because sponges are, we go through sponges a oh, lot yeah. and yeah, they're yeah, horrible. Yeah. And then they just degrade down into like the little microfibers that then Ugh. aren't detected and are floating around the ocean, even if we can't see them. And and not only that, but sewer systems and like when the water is getting clean to come out of our, our tap water, those filters don't get the microplastics. So we're drinking microplastics. Yeah, it's bad. It's in some sense, it's a plastic pandemic. And it's actually my moment of clarity where I was like, okay, this is something I really want to take on was when I saw a plastic ocean, which oh, yeah. used to be mm. on Netflix, but that really did it for me. You know, I was raised in Beverly. Yeah. I love the ocean. I'm more of an ocean than a mountain person. And seeing that was just kind of like, this is not good. We are in some serious trouble and we all have a part to play. We're all accountable, which is, which is cool. And yeah. so, like you said, any little thing that you can do is a huge step. If you go yes. from getting Nelly's eggs, which come in that horrible plastic to then getting it, you know, in, in carton in like cardboard, mm -hmm. that is, you're already taking a massive step forward. Cause now if you get eggs once a week, that's 52 of these plastic things in a year. Right. In 10 years, yeah. that's 520, like 520 of those egg things would like fill your car up. And so it's one simple little action. And it really is a butterfly effect when you start to extrapolate and think about making just simple little things to get outside yeah. your, your comfort zone and change the way that you invest your money. But it's not even getting outside, outside your comfort zone. It's living your life 
the way you want to live it, but not in a wasteful way. You know, it's just changing those things that you see that maybe you can improve. I say to people like, don't think that there's a manual that says like, oh, you have to buy bamboo toothbrushes and you have to buy silk floss and you have like, there's like a whole, you know, package that you can buy. Welcome to Zero Waste. And then they give you your reusable bottle. And no, like, you know, you, you can keep drinking your coffee from Dunkin' Donuts every day. That's up to you. Nobody's going to tell you not to do it. But maybe, you know, instead of going and, and ask for an iced coffee every day with a straw, bring your own straw. You know, like that's something super small you can do. Keep using the plastic cup. Yeah, nobody's going to tell you not to do that. But at least change the straw. That is something that is saving the earth a lot of pollution. I think COVID has been interesting, too, because if I used to have my coffee mug, and I would go in and say, hey, fill it up. Now you can't do that because of the COVID because they don't want, you know, people touching, you don't want to keep the the touch down. And so as a Fulmite, you know, being the coffee, being the the three pieces of an iced coffee, right? The cup, the lid, and the straw. So yeah, if you can reduce the straw, that's, you're already moving towards a different, you know, you're reducing 33% of what would be in every transaction. And as you know, people are crazy about their iced coffee, yes. especially in this area. Because it's hot but for that like is, six weeks. It's, it's just little changes that you can do without disrupting your life too much. And that that those are at the beginning when I started this, I used to get like really annoyed and really pissed off at just people in general. When I saw, you know, every time I saw people walking down the street with Don Dunkins in their hands, I wanted to like snap their heads off. And like, you know, the people in my office would come with Starbucks and use plastic cutlery and stuff. And I, that was like stealing the joy from my life. Like I was like really in a negative position because I was, I was like, oh my God, nobody wants to save the planet. It's just me against everyone. Why isn't everybody doing this? And that was like consuming me from, you know, inside out. And then I had to like change my mind and say like, okay. First of all, you're not perfect and there's no such thing as the perfect environmentalist. That's a lie. And your life, it's very different from everybody else's life. What's important here is to encourage people to do better every day and to give them the tools and information that they need to make changes without disrupting their life. And the least I can do is to bring awareness to their life. Do you have information like this on your website? Yeah, tons of it. So tell us what your what's the what's the website? Where where can people get that information and it, also see all your products? Well, Instagram is a big tool for me. I, I do share way more there than anybody else. Obviously, the group. I mean, the Zero Waste Massachusetts group. That's like the best. Well, it's not just me. Uh, because it's too many people now, I do have uh, some other people helping me. So I'm the owner and the admin, but uh, Liz Antanavika, she's part of the Sustainable Tingsboro Committee in Tingsboro. She's a very good friend and she's helping me too. The Crazy No Plastic Lady on Instagram, Julia Burrell. She's also part of the group and, and an admin too. So I have a few more ladies helping me there. But it's just wonderful. Everybody shares wonderful information. That's one. That's the first one. Instagram, second one, obviously my, my ad is at Unpack Living. Then I do obviously have my Facebook profile for the shop. And 
If people want to know what events or like which city am I going to be next, because I try to do pop-ups every single weekend, Facebook is the place because I share the events there. My website, of course, is unpackliving.com and that's the store. And I have an eco blog where I share, you know, some things. And there's also the press site where you can see the WCBB interview and every other magazine or feature that I get, I share it there. But mostly in Instagram. So in Instagram, it's Unpacked Living. On Facebook, it's also Unpacked Living. On Facebook, the group is Zero Waste Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. And then the website is unpackedliving.com. Yes. Okay. Well, this has been great. I will follow up with you after about a couple of the products that I'd like to get. But of course, and you get a discount and I'll deliver it personally to your house. (laughs) What? See, this is why you got to invest locally. So Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially for the holidays. Especially for the holidays. <laughs> Shout out. The holidays are coming. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sabrina, for joining. And I look forward to keeping in touch. And I will definitely join Zero Waste Massachusetts. Thank you so much for letting me speak about this in your show. I love it. I love the way you support your community. And yes, I mean, anytime. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. No, good day. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Ciao. Ciao. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Wi-Fi and Water. And be sure to check out Sabrina's website at unpackedliving.com. And if you're on your smartphone listening to this, please subscribe and leave a review. This just makes it easier for everyone else to find the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more updates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.